right about now. Streaming directly into your brain at over 1 million IOPS. It's the Data Center Insiders Podcast with Simon Seagrave. Bringing you the latest in IT transformation from the data center to the cloud. Hey there, and welcome to episode 13 of the Data Center Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Seagrave, and today I am joined by my friend and uh, previous colleague, Brian Gracely. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good, Simon. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, it's good to be back on the show. No, great, great to have you here. So, uh, those of you who don't know Brian, um, he's very much uh, active in the podcasting community, and uh, along with Aaron Delp, runs the Cloudcast podcast. So, if you haven't heard that before, definitely check it out. Some great content there, some great interviews, and what have you. And these guys are brilliant. They're really, really studious with uh, with, with getting uh, regular episodes out. So, uh, what, what do you know roughly what what episode you're up to now, Brian? We are, uh, I don't know the exact number, we're getting very close to 200. So we've been doing it for about four and a half years now. Jeez. Trying to do it weekly for about four and a half years now. God, how, how time flies. 200, that'd be brilliant. You have to uh, have some sort of party or celebration when you hit the, uh, the yeah, big exactly. 200. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, Brian's role um, at, at the moment, he's the senior director of something called the EMC Code Project. And uh, I've, I've heard about that internally within EMC, but uh, I wanted to get Brian on the show to find out a little bit more. So uh, Brian, I was wondering whether you could just fill us in as to you know, what you're doing at the moment and what is the EMC Code Project? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so let, let me give like two seconds of sort of background just to put it in context. So um, I don't know, maybe maybe nine months ago, so a little before EMC World last year, um, a couple of folks that I was working uh, either for or with, so um, a guy named Josh Kahn, who runs the solutions organization at EMC, uh, had come to me, and and Jeremy Burton, who was his boss, who obviously runs all the product and marketing at EMC. And I think what had happened was was they had been in an EBC, so an executive, or a executive customer briefing um, with a customer. And those guys obviously talk to a lot of large customers and and they don't sort of do product level stuff. They kind of get into big vision, you know, where the company wants to go, where the customers want to go and so forth. And they called me kind of out of the blue one day and they said, Hey, we, we just had a great talk with a customer and there was a whole ton of it that was about open source and some of these technologies they are using from, from various open communities and so forth. And they said, um, we're really aligned on the, where they want to go and on, on the, you know, future applications and future platforms and and leveraging public and private clouds and all this stuff. And they said, but but we felt like we didn't have a great grasp on this whole community concept, you know, open source and community concept. And they said, can you um, can you just go, you know, back of a napkin, spend a little bit of time this weekend and and figure out what it would look like for EMC to be more engaged with that. And so I went, sure, and spent a little bit of time on a weekend and, and wrote out some things for them and said, this is these are a few things EMC could do um, right now, and this is maybe where we could go down the road. And kind of forgot about it, went off to EMC World 2014, got a call right after EMC World 2014, and um, some people said, hey, um, your project got approved, and uh, we're eager for you to get started with it. And I said, I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know who you are, I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. And they said, yeah, that thing that, that you had talked to Josh and Jeremy about, um, we, we made it a project, and we want you to go focus on that. And I was kind of like, it was, it was very cool at the time. It was very cool that it was like, I was going to get to go work on a new thing. But at the time it was like, wait, I, I have a current job. Like I, I have a day job. I'm, I'm working on the cloud solution team. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And, um, and they said, well, um, that's fine. That team's doing great. We'd like you to go do this full time. And so ever since then, you know, which is probably about nine months now, eight months now, um, we've been trying to build this thing that basically the whole principle is 
you know, what can EMC do with a bunch of open communities? So open communities being everything from, you know, the, the world of containers, so the Dockers and the core OSs and, and all the things going on around containers and, and OpenStack and, um, you know, lots of other open communities, the Linux Foundation, the Apache Foundation, all these sort of things. Like, what can EMC be doing more actively with them um, at, a, at a user level, not a foundation level, but a user level? And then more so, like, what should EMC be doing in terms of creating some technologies that are going to make our technologies, so especially a lot of our software technologies, more palatable in those spaces. So how do we make it easier to deploy them? How do we make it work better with the chefs and the puppets and the ansibles? How do we, um, you know, make it so that when a customer goes, hey, with every open source project, I can get it freely available. Why can't I get it from you guys? And so really trying to figure out what's our role, what's our place in that space. And um, we've got a little team. Uh, we're working like crazy. And uh but that's that's kind of the core of what we've been doing, or at least so far. So, what's the what's the feeling like on the team? You mentioned quite a small team. I mean, how how small small? How many how many people do you have at the moment? Yeah. So, um, so I want to say we're we're less than ten people. Um, so we have I don't know uh, four or five folks that I would call evangelists, which are. Um, I guess the best way to think about it is some amount of, of development slash hacker skills. So ability to write some code, um, everything from scripting things to small programs to a little bit bigger programs. Um, but they're, you know, they've also got sort of systems engineering kind of skills. So the ability to go off and explain things to people to build, you know, video demonstrations so people can go, Oh, that's how it works. And, um, and then, you know, we've got, uh, we've got, um, one person who does sort of, um, community management and, and a little bit of marketing communications. So making sure that we can get our name out there. Um, we've, and then we've got a few people that do kind of core engineering stuff. Um, we're in, working very close with the EMC business units to sort of feed them back requirements that might not sound like storage admin requirements anymore, but they sound very much like the requirements that the DevOps teams and developers would sort of expect from, um, you know, EMC software. Right. So it sounds like a, quite a uh, quite, quite a diverse range of skills there, but it sounds like, you know, because of your size, it's quite a sort of uh, a, a crack squad that you've put together. Yeah. And we, we were lucky. We got to kind of handpick some people and, um, you know, we, 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 we're consciously sort of thinking about, um, you know, it's probably not a skill set that's, um, you know, maybe readily available inside of EMC, sometimes just because people aren't focused on it. Um, but it's a skill set that, you know, we, we, we need to start building from scratch in some cases. And, and you know, kind of coming from your background, it's a little bit like when they first got the, the V specialist team together, right? I mean, they were storage people. They were kind of the, the skill that was needed in that next space. And um, and so yeah, that's that's kind of what we went after. Well, it must be it must be quite exciting. I imagine it's got a feel of a uh, bit of a new startup almost within a within a large organization like EMC. Yeah, it, I mean it does. It's it's look there there are um, you know there's there's nothing worse than the person who goes oh I'm getting to do something new and it's all great and fun and people kind of go oh I wish I was working on that. It's it's we've we've taken an approach that we look at it kind of in in three different ways, right? One of them is. Um, we want to help people learn. So both internal people and, and external people. So, um, you know, we very much realize that, you know, eight, 10 people within EMC isn't going to move the battleship, if you will, or move, you know, move it, move it. But we've got to be able to model some behavior that people can look at inside of EMC and go, oh, okay, that's, that's allowed. That's acceptable. That's, there's examples of what I can do to make a difference. And so we've, we spent some time focused on that and we can talk about some of those programs. Those are kind of cool. And then we've sort of said, 
the, the next approach we've said is everything we do is going to be transparent. Everything we, we do is going to be out in the open. And so, you know, an example of that is we, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, um, a lot of people said, hey, you guys seem to be doing a lot of stuff with, with Docker, the container technology. Um, could you teach us some stuff? And we said, yeah, absolutely. With one condition is that anything we create to teach you folks internally, we're going to put out on the public internet so that anybody can use it. Like this isn't, you know, it's not closed technology. It's not closed knowledge. We want to share it. So it's so, a whole sense of community or open source, like you mentioned. Everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and we've been trying to do that with everything. So, you know, training we've been, we're, we've been publishing. There's going to be a lot more to come very soon. Um, all of our statistics and all of our metrics um, are out in public. So people can look at it and go, is this a worthwhile group of people to work with? Like, you know, they're not going to make up how popular their stuff is. I can literally go look at it. And we just, you know, we pull stuff from the APIs of GitHub or from, you know, wherever the code or interactions are, and we publish those online too. So, you know, everything we've been trying to do has been not, you know, be different for the sake of being different, but, you know, be acceptable in the context of what an open community expects. So, Brian, from what you tell me here, I mean, it seems like there's three three main factors with the EMC Code Project. I mean, there's the, you know, the exploration, education and development. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. I, we, you know, our, our, our terminology, we use, um, you know, learn, code, deploy. But yeah, it's, it's we, we want people to be knowledgeable about this space. And it's still very early days in this big transition. Um, we we want to put things out there that are tangible. So it's like we don't work in PowerPoint. We work in code. We work. Everything's out in the open. People can play with it. They can see it. And then we want to help them get to using it faster, right? You know, everybody, the, the one thing that we hear all the time from people whenever we go to events and meetups and uh, talk to customers and so forth is they go, you know, the biggest difference between working with a commercial vendor and, and open source is forget about the price. I can, I can get it and start using it like immediately. And I can figure out if it solves a problem for me. And so we want to kind of help EMC understand, you know, what that domain means, um, at least from a starting point. So yeah, you're, you're right on spot on. Yeah, well, it's interesting, you, you, you know, you raise a good point there around sort of uh, speed and what have you. I mean, that is a real difference, isn't it, between your sort of traditional type products out there from, from traditional vendors and the open source community. Because generally, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many people, well, depending on the project, I guess, uh, behind an open source project, things tend to run a little bit quicker. You know, I, I wouldn't say they're less planned or anything, they're definitely planned and structured. Uh, but things, I don't know, it could be my perception, but things seem to run a lot, lot quicker, seem to develop a lot quicker. Well, and and part of that is, you know, when you have one organization that's working on something, you know, they're they're going like crazy. I mean, they're, they're doing everything they can to get something out the door quickly. Um, but but they're responsible for everything, right? They're responsible for developing the software, you know, stabilizing it and, and creating quality around it, around documentation, around tooling, around all these other things. And I think the difference is what happens in these open source communities is, yes, there's people that are actively working on it at, you know, different levels. But in parallel, you can have other people working on documentation. You can have people working on tooling. You can and what and I think part of the difference sometimes that happens is, um, you know, as as vendors, you know, you tend to go, well, I listened to my customers. I tried to build towards that. I tried to forecast some things. Um, but, but you, you know, there's always sort of a gap between perception and, and what people want and then when they actually get it. And I think the thing with the open source community is they tend to build like around problems. People go like, oh, that was really a hassle. So I just built a tool to simplify it. Or, you know, I, 
I, I wish there was a thing that did this and people just go, well, instead of waiting for the vendor to do that and however long they take, they go, well, I just built it myself. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, people can debate whether the quality of one versus the other is, is better or worse, but it's, it's sort of going, I don't, I'm not bound by how many people can work on this. And, and, you know, you're not held up by saying, well, I have to wait for the next release or something to start working on something. You can just start working on it. Yeah, I right? guess so that's less, a different mindset. Less of a process, I guess. Uh, they've got to follow or a strict process where you've got to get sign off on, on multiple things. Obviously, the larger open source projects, I'd imagine, you know, it probably does yeah. have that level of... Uh, and, and you hit on a really important thing. They're, they're sort of loosely coupled, right? So, you know, the, the other big difference is, um, you know, and in, in, in for anybody who's worked with like Linux or Unix, um, maybe is a little bit different than like Windows, you know, there's lots of tools that just kind of do things in Linux and, and, and Unix that don't have to be interrelated to anything else, right? Like I can just kind of use this tool. And um, that's kind of the mindset that happens in open source is people sort of go, yes, I'm going to be loosely coupled to a project, but I might be able to build something that just by itself is useful. But maybe when it's tied to the bigger project, it becomes, you know, three times as useful. But but that little thing by itself is is useful, uh, and, and so that's, I think sometimes why you, it feels like there's speed that happens is because they are loosely coupled and that's okay. That's thought about as being okay. Yes. And, and like you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head earlier. I mean, you, you've got to worry about less things as well. You know, the, you know, sometimes you just need a tool. It doesn't need to be refined. It can be quite crude to do the job. Uh, you know, for yeah. example, whether it's a script or something else. And, and quite often, I mean, as we know, developers and coders, they're, they're some of the worst documenters in the, in the world as well. So quite often some of the open source uh, tools or utils or applications you get out there very rarely come with uh, decent documentation and some some instances i guess none at all yeah and th there's a great quote there's a i'll send you the link to it there's a great article uh, by a guy named martin mikos who um was the the he didn't start the mysql um project and company but he was the ceo of mysql when it ended up getting sold to oracle and then uh, he's been running the eucalyptus project and an organization and now he's he's over at hp um, but he's got a great interview that's out this week where he he basically says, like, forget about thinking about open source in terms of like quality or how much revenue you're going to make. He said the the core mindset is basically people who say, um, I want to pay somebody to fix a problem for me or I'm I want to fix the problem for myself. And they kind of measure it in terms of their need uh, at the time, you know, like how much time do they have to wait for somebody or how much value do they place in paying somebody to do it? But it ultimately comes down to sort of like, do I want to do it myself, whatever that means, or do I, am I okay with somebody else doing it for me? And that's the mindset I think that sometimes isn't always understood is there are lots of people, you know, there's a reason why, and this is an American reference, but there's a reason why there are things like Home Depot and, and, uh, you know, and then there's, you know, places where you can go get someone to build a house for you. You know, yeah. and it's, I think from an EMC perspective and, and probably from a lot of vendors perspective, looking at both of those, you, you know, you could, in the past, you sometimes people would look at them as being kind of diametrically opposed. Like I need to prevent one from happening. And I think more so people are now realizing if I'm involved in some of these communities, like it opens up the possibilities of what the marketplace is. And I may not make as much money from them, but I may engage with them and learn things from them and I may, you know, they may help make my product better. I might help make something that they're doing better. And, but it's just a bigger piece of a, of a marketplace that a lot of people kind of weren't actively engaged in, or at least a lot of the traditional vendors weren't actively engaged in. Yeah. Cause it's not just EMC. I noticed a lot of other vendors out there are now 
really, you know, actively involved, uh, particularly with the um, the OpenStack project there. Um, yeah. You know, is it, it, obviously this is something we're going to see EMC, I know, from discussions and emails internally. I mean, it's something sure. we're, we're actively involved with, and I'll be very surprised if we don't sort of increase our level of activity in, in that area um, coming up. So, uh, no, yeah. definitely uh, interesting times. So, uh, but Brian, um, just bring it back to, you know, the, the actual code project itself. I mean, mm-hmm. um, sure. ha- have, has your team sort of released anything yet? Any any sort of uh, sort of skunk work projects or, or uh, any any, any, yeah. any official projects yet? Yeah. So, um, so the, the best place to go see anything that we're working on, if you go to EMC code, so EMC code, uh, EMC code.github.io, um, that's kind of our, our place on the, on the web. It's basically just a front end to what we do on, on GitHub. Um, <clears throat> there's, there's sort of three sets of, of things that are, you'll find out there. Um, one is we've sort of used it as an aggregation for, uh, a lot of EMC open source projects. So in particular, you'll find all of the EMC contributions to OpenStack, right? So it, it acts as an aggregation function. The second thing is um, there's a bunch of projects that some guys and, and girls on our team have built, and we'll get into some of those. And then the third one, the third bucket would be what um, this thing that we did to try and foster community involvement. And we call those dev high five projects. So, you know, giving a developer a high five, it's just a five step process. Um, and there's a little tab on there. If you click on those, you'll see all the things that, that people beyond my team have contributed. And I think the, the way to look at them is, um, it's kind of interesting because people are contributing stuff that helps improve a whole bunch of different technologies. So you'll see stuff that's Docker. You'll see stuff that in, involves Vagrant, stuff that deploys stuff across multiple public clouds. Um, and then you'll see things that you know, seem very small in nature but are really powerful. Like there was somebody who, an external person, who built a, uh, a way to take a bunch of VMAX tools, which typically kind of overlap each other and have virgining problems and, you know, or, or make a nightmare out of your laptop. And he said, why don't I just put them all in their own Docker container so they can run independently and I can interact with, you know, different old versions of Vmax and new versions of Vmax. And so that part's kind of cool. Like we, we don't tell people what to work on. They just kind of go, hey, I, I built this thing. I think it's kind of valuable. I think the community would sort of like it. You know, um, that's so that's, that's kind of the three buckets that we have. Yeah, well, that's a question I had for you there, Brian. What's been the level of sort of uptake or, you know, awareness around this, uh, you know, the MC Code project there? Uh, obviously, you've mentioned a, a few people have contributed uh, outside of the MC boundaries yeah. so far. I mean, we've, we've, we've probably had, um, you know, we've probably had somewhere. So, again, we've only been kind of talking about this publicly for a couple of months. So we've probably had about 30 or so projects submitted to us, you know, from, from the outside. Um, I think you know, close to a dozen of those we've published. Um, there's some that we're kind of helping them, you know, kind of improve them a little bit before they publish. There's some that need some documentation and some licensing cleaned up and everything. But so we've gotten a nice um, set of, of community input. We just got our first um, sort of non-EMC contributor. So uh, a guy named Chris Wall from uh, an EMC partner called Ahead IT, who's based up in Chicago, Illinois, um, contributed. We've had a few other partners who've sort of gone, oh, we can be part of this cool. We're going to start contributing some things. Um, so it's, it's, it's been pretty good. I mean, I, again, you know, we'd love to say that we're at the lo- level of somebody like Docker, who's, you know, getting millions of downloads and lots of forked projects. But I think for people saying, oh, EMC serious about this, um, it's been a nice, it's been a nice uptake um, so far. And uh, we're trying to figure out how to, uh, you know, how to expand that. Right, right. So around the EMC sort of product portfolio there, I mean, what mm-hmm. products can people 
look to sort of uh, download code for or, or utilities yeah. or, or what could they develop, uh, you know, products for? What? Yeah. So, so one of the things, so sometimes you'll, one of the criticisms we sort of have of ourselves or people sometimes have is they go, gosh, there's lots of stuff out there. I, I, you know, like, where do I start or how does it make any sense? And, and that's a, and that's sort of fair or when you, when you organize tons of projects, it's a little tricky, but let me try and explain what, we, what we've been thinking. Um, one of the things that we've been kind of focused on to start with was that whole idea that something should be frictionless. There should be a, a frictionless experience between EMC and anybody that wants to interact with us. Right. So one of the things that we did, um, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself here by a couple of weeks, but anyways, we took a, uh, a version of the, the Viper software. Um, and in this case, we took a simulated version, uh, you know, like a simulator version down the road, we'll have a real official version. But we said, okay, take that software, which isn't open source, but the the business unit's okay with there being a free version out there. So there's been a free version of Viper controller. There's going to be a version of the free version of sort of Viper data services as a simulator. And we said, what are all the things that we can do to make the interaction with it as frictionless as possible? So we did a couple of things. Uh, the first thing we did was we worked on packaging. So before the packaging was entirely VMware based and we said, well, there's people that don't have VMware laying around. So let's put that in a Docker container because anybody can run Docker on any device, your laptop, public cloud. The next thing we did was we said, okay, if somebody wants to deploy it somewhere, let's give them a tool that makes it super easy to deploy stuff. I don't want to have to know about all the things that a cloud does. Give me one tool that does that. So that first thing we used was called Solid Snake because it was kind of tied to the Viper snake concept. Yeah. <laughs> then we built something called Vagrant Spice, and it used Vagrant, the deployment tool, to help deploy across any cloud you wanted to. And then the next thing we said was, okay, so I got the software, I deployed it somewhere. Now, if I, what if I want to, um, for example, like in this case, you know, Viper is an object store. What if I want to move some data from somewhere else that I have data into this? So we built a S3 migration tool that was called S3 Motion. So we said, okay, run this tool. It'll migrate data from an S3 repository or some other compatible repository. And then the next thing we said was, well, somebody's gonna wanna test this thing. And coming up with tests is kind of a pain in the butt and some people don't know how to do it. So we built a couple of very simple testing tools that will test the API, um, give you some SDKs so that if you wanna put them into your application, you can, you can test against it. And then a few sort of advanced testing tools that do things like um, uh, if there's, you know, delay, you want to introduce delay because it's going to go across the internet or you want to introduce a fault injection system. And so we sort of said, you know, somebody should be able to take a piece of EMC software that today might not be open source, right? The company's still, you know, figuring out, okay, do we open source, do we make a free version, whatever, but let's let's wrap the experience around that to be as frictionless as possible. All the tools, all the software you need, all the scripts you need to make it work are free. They're all available on GitHub. Um, they're going to help you deploy it across any environment you want to. And um, so that's one of the mindsets that we've sort of had in terms of, you know, how do we make this a better experience for the community at large or our customers and so forth? Yeah. And Brian, Does just that make any sense? Yeah, well, totally. I mean, uh, I was just going to say to you before we move on, I mean, you know, for the listeners uh, out there, I mean, 
the, the, for example, let's take the, um, the, the Viper product there. Uh, what are the limitations? Obviously, people can download this for free. There's a great set of tools around it. There, there must be some catch here, right? Or there, is there some limitation? Or is it- Well, the only, I mean, the only, so there's probably only real, really two limitations, right? One is um, it's, right now, it's, it's not recommended for, for production environments, right? In terms of just being a free, non-supported piece of software. But what we're finding is people go, oh, well, I can get started with this quickly. I can put it into a proof of concept, and then I can call you guys if I want formal support, which in a lot of cases for customers, if you have a piece of technology that stores their data, they want support on it, right? If it's just a random tool, maybe not. But for a a piece of technology that stores their data, in most cases, they're going to call you at some point once it moves into production, once that data becomes really valuable, and they go, I want support. Right. Um, the only other limitation really, um, and this is a, a goal that we're, we're evolving as we go, is we don't want it to be limited in any way on the, on the features that are in there. We don't want to give you a neutered version. We want to give you what you'd expect. It's the best we have. Um, and we're working very, very hard to, to make sure that the footprint that it consumes um, can be narrowed down such that somebody could actually run it on their laptop, for example, or on a local machine they have. Um, as opposed to saying, well, the only way I can do this is if I have a huge data center full of equipment, right? And so, so we're getting is, better at that. We're evolving that, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this is this is great for obviously proof of concepts, education, familiarization, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and then, you know, and, the ne- and again, the next step becomes if, if somebody learns that technology, learns the, the product, if you will, learns how to put tools around it that they're going to use every day, you know, th- then you get away from the conversation that says, well, I'm going to run this on my laptop. You know, if I want to put it into something that's for dev and test or for production, yeah, I'm going to employ proper, you know, server size things to, to put it on. And, but, but you've gotten them past all those problems and hassles and things that go, I want to engage with your stuff. I want to see if it's valuable to me. And, um, that's been, that's been one of the goals we've, we've been trying to do. We, we, we kind of call it this, this mantra of like code open, deploy everywhere, right? We want to use open tools and help people deploy it anywhere they want to. That's absolutely brilliant. Cause that's always been a frustration for myself, actually, uh, you know, less so in the last couple of years, obviously. Um, but you know, when I was a systems administrator or a technical architect, um, you know, I always wanted access to the products just to try it out, you know, cause quite often if right. you're not familiar with a product, you just end up sticking with the same old products that you're familiar with time in and time again. And I mean, this is excellent when you can download something for free, put in a small proof of concept of any size, like you say, it could be on your laptop, could be in, on an old couple of servers kicking around. Um, that, that's brilliant. It just really lowers, lowers that sort of barrier to entry, as it were, for people just wanting to try stuff out. Yep. And that's the whole, that's the whole mindset. And, you know, there's a bunch of stuff, other stuff we're kind of have in mind, but we, we, we first and foremost, we said, like, I mean, we, we had talked to a couple of very large customers and companies and they basically said, look, here's the deal. If I can't be using your product inside of an hour, like I'm not like actually using it, not like watching it load, but like using it within an hour, I probably won't use it. And so that's been our mindset is we got to figure out how to compress that, that getting started process to less than an hour and, and, you know, get them figuring out whether they're going to love it or, you know, consider something else, but let's make that really easy. Yeah. For, so for any of these tools here that, you, you know, some that you've mentioned and I imagine obviously you've got a lot going on at the moment with other tools in the, uh, in the pipe works. Um, but I mean, do you, do you foresee any of these tools being rolled up into the, you know, the full, uh, you know, the full commercial versions of the products at all? Well, I think, you know, I think what we've, what we've learned, what we've heard from customers a lot is, um, 
you know, there's, there's kind of this evolution. So lots and lots of companies, um, you know, still use commercial technology as the core of what they build, but more and more the tooling they wrap around it. So whether it's how they package things, whether, you know, their deployment tools, so things like Chef and Puppet that people know of, um, the monitoring tools they use, they basically said like, we're moving towards those more and more because those are complicated spaces. We want them to interact with each other. Um, we don't just want one tool. And so I think what the, what we're kind of moving towards is we're going to let the product teams continue to do what they do. They can make a free version. They can make a paid commercial version, you know, wherever they go. But, but the tooling that we're building around it or the things that we're doing to help it, I think we're going to leave those in the open. And I think the feedback we've gotten from people is that's the right approach because that aligns to what they're doing within their own data centers. They're moving away from these big monolithic, you know, BMC, uh, CA kind of management tools and deployment tools. And they're using smaller, more flexible things like a chef and a puppet and Docker and, and Nagios and, and all these other sort of things that, um, you know, a help them reduce costs, but B, you know, there's communities around them and people are solving problems and they're benefiting from those problems and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, that's some good stuff there indeed. So we've mentioned Viper there, uh, you know, and obviously there's yep. some good good stuff going on with the EMC Code Project and Viper. Uh, you know, EMC is obviously not known for its high end and, and mid tier storage, such as the VNX, mm -hmm. the VMAX, and what have you. Are your team, uh, is yourself and your team, doing any any work around those those products at the moment? Um, we haven't been doing a lot in particular. We've been very focused on sort of the storage centric products in terms of the, the few people on my team, but we have been seeing um, the community. Uh, engage with those things. So, you know, one of the things that that people can go look at is if you if you go to that EMC Code GitHub page, there's a bunch of tags on the top right side that list, you know, what's what's a project related to, and you'll see all sorts of technologies. So, there's people that have been building stuff for Isilon, that have been building stuff for Extreme IO. There's been a few projects around Vmax, um, and in a lot of cases, it's it's people who said, yeah, I. I you know, I, I want to make it easier to interact with that API. You know, I want to make it easier to uh, build a little framework to do backups and scripting around it. And um, so what we've, what we've kind of encouraged people to do is um, take the public interfaces that, that those products have, because it's when you're dealing with something that's hardware centric and, and can't be not hardware centric, it's a little trickier to say, hey, we'll get it to you in an hour, right? Yeah. There is ways to say, hey, once you start interacting with it, why not? automate things? Why not, you know, leverage the API that's available to you, but maybe it needs to be in Java or maybe it needs to be in Ruby because that's the language that some of your people know, or it's in Python or something. And so it's been cool because people in the community, in some cases, EMCers, and like I said, now partners are going, Hey, I've been, you know, I, I'm a professional services person. I've been using this library in Python that interacts with this product I bet other people could use it. So they, they send it to us and we, we help them clean it up a little bit and, and publish it. And so now like anybody can use that stuff. So that's, that's kind of been the focus on the non software centric products that we've been encouraging the community to, to help us with. Yeah, that's excellent. So, you know, for people listening to, to the podcast here, that's creates you know, start creating their own code or what have you, and, uh, you know, share that up on GitHub there. If they hit any problems there, is there a sort of support network there? Uh, does yourself or the team, do they proactively monitor any forums anywhere where, uh... yeah, we do, we do. We, um, so, uh, we have a Google group, um, that's, that's active. You can get to the link off that page. There's an IRC channel. Um, we've been monitoring like, um, some of the, 
some of the support pages like um, Stack Overflow. So Stack Stack Overflow is, you know, for anybody who's kind of not in the developer type of space or open source space, like there is as much that actively goes on there as any other support forum anywhere. Like it's huge and you can find, you know, people that have similar problems to you or people at all hours of the day that are out there. And um, so I think what we find is like, we don't necessarily need people to send us all their code. Like we don't need to be a big code repository, but in some cases they'll, they'll ping us and they'll go, Oh, I met so-and-so because I noticed that they had submitted something. And so it's, it's not just go find some tools and some software. In some cases it's find people that have had common problems or that ex- appear to have expertise in a space and stuff. So, you know, those are the byproducts that come out of putting things in the open and having people, identify themselves as as experts in some cases or having trying to solve a problem right so it's it's that nurturing that whole community spirit around it absolutely yeah and that's that really was our was our charter and that's still kind of the core of what we do which is how do we better engage emc with communities and and that's a two-way street right it's it's not just this vendor pushes stuff to you it's what do you want how do you communicate back to us how do we communicate to you how do we solve problems together how do we borrow from other projects that are open. Um, yeah, it's a, it's actually, I should say it's like kind of a multi-way street. It's not just two ways. It's sort of multi-way street. And I'd mentioned that as the project grows as well, obviously there's going to be more content to download, but as well as that, more people will be actively involved in the community. So there'd be more of a, an increased support yeah. network around the whole thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's been, it's been kind of cool. We, you know, early on, you know, you monitor basic things and, you know, you, you follow things like Twitter and, uh, you know, like who follows you on Twitter and, um, you know, early, early days, it was, it was a lot of EMCers and some VMware people. And, but more so, I mean, we've been, we've been seeing partners that have been following what we're doing, which we're really excited about because a lot of times they're great at doing integrations and they're, they're trying to automate stuff. But I mean, we've seen people from companies like Uber and from GitHub and from, you know, companies that are big web scale companies kind of going, Oh, you know what? That's another community I should put on my radar because they're they're working on technologies that I care about, like a Docker or Vagrant or, you know, anything along those lines. So it's it's cool to see, um, you know, kind of the non-traditional EMC people going. Hmm, maybe there's something there that of use to me. I'll pay attention to them, and and we're obviously we've been paying attention to what what those those projects and people have been doing for a long time. Fantastic. So it sounds like it's growing really well. So, Brian, question for you. I mean, are you able to give any sort of insights at all as to the projects that you're currently working on or perhaps, you know, uh, concepts or ideas of, of some really cool stuff that might may, may, may be coming up in the uh, not-so-distant future at all that the team's working on? Yeah, you know, I, I would say, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll give a couple of plugs for some stuff. So if you're coming to EMC World, um, we are going to have a huge kind of what I would call DevOps presence. So we're going to do a thing on Sunday, which is going to be lots of learning. Come interact with people, but lots of learning. It's going to be totally free. You want to learn about basic stuff like GitHub and, um, you know, containers and config management and automation. And we're going to have people that are just going to do training for you. So you can come learn these things because a lot of things are feel weird. Yeah. So what level do you need to be at? I mean, someone like myself who's a complete newbie uh, with, uh, with, with you, anything open perfect. source or open stack or anything like that. Well, it, it, you'd be fine. I, I think, you know, I would say, you know, a basic level of technical knowledge, right? Like you can get around a CLI and, you know, anybody who would come to EMC World as a technical person yes. is going to, they're going to have the prerequisites. They've got, they've got a laptop, you know, you can put some software on it. Um, that's it. But what about um, the more experienced developers out there? Is it a, a good opportunity so, for them as well? Yeah, I, 
you know, we're, we're going to have kind of a mix of basic tracks and a little more advanced tracks. So for them, um, yeah, they're absolutely, I think in their cases, you know, we might hit them up to, to teach a little bit. We might kind of pair them together with people. I think they'll naturally find people that, you know, are at the level they want to be at. Um, so that's one thing is there's going to be a bunch of things going on at EMC world that people can come and learn and, and engage with some of these companies that, you know, uh, are, you know, on their radar, but they're not sure where to, you know, where to deal with, you know, like what to do with them. And you just talk to them and it's going to be a super open, casual environment, you know, place to kind of network, learn some things. So that's going to be going on. Um, and then I guess the way we think about our roadmap, um, sometimes we, we think about them as projects, right? So, you know, like a, like a vagrant spice or an S3 motion or something, you know, that it's like, oh, there's, there's code to get. And in some cases, um, we've sort of laid out a bunch of technology spaces that, that we feel like we've got to get smarter at. And as soon as we get five minutes into it, we're going to start kind of just sharing that back with the community. So some of the stuff that's on that list, um, you know, lots and lots of stuff around containers, um, you know, container management, container deployments, the tools to make it easier with containers, um, networking them together, dealing with data with containers. So there's a lot of stuff that we're, we're doing around containers that's coming along. Um, there's stuff we're doing around continuous integration. So people hear about, you know, like, Hey, I have this modern application. I'm going to deploy it five, 10 times a day because I'm making periodic changes. You know, there's tools and systems that are behind the scenes doing that. And so people, sometimes they'll hear about things like Jenkins or Travis, uh, CI, CD. So we've got some stuff going on in that space that we'll be, we'll be kind of pushing out in the marketplace. Um, there's some stuff we're doing about, um, you know, what are these new, database models look like these sort of NoSQL database models or, um, you know, things that aren't transactional. Well, when they're not transactional and you're dealing with in-memory databases and you're dealing with trying to synchronize them and snapshot them, we've got some people, you know, looking at, at those areas. Um, and then we're, you know, we're looking at, you know, what is, what do things like platform as a service do? You know, like how do they, how can people learn about them? What are some you know, sample applications that, that people can, can play around with that are like, oh, okay, that's how PaaS works or, you know, kind of starter kits for those type of things. So those are all the buckets that we're kind of, you know, actively working on and, and, you know, projects will kind of spin out of those as, as we feel like, okay, this is something I can build and, and make useful to the, to the community. Right, fantastic. That sounds good. And definitely for those people attending EMC World this, this year, definitely get there a day or so earlier and, uh, attend some of those sessions or some of the training there that Brian mentioned. Uh, that sounds really good. Yeah. So like I said, Sunday afternoon, two to six, we're going to do a free thing for everybody in a happy hour afterwards. And then there'll be a space on the, on the big show floor or just outside of the big show floor that, you know, will be super inviting and super open to people. So hopefully lots of people are interested and come and, and, and learn some new stuff and meet some new people. That's brilliant. So uh, anyone listening to this, do they need to sign up anywhere or is it a case to just turn up on, um, on the day? There is, there's a, there's an event bright. Um, so if you go, I'll send you the link to it, but if you, if you also go look in our Twitter feed, um, there's a link to it. Uh, it's free. We just need people to sign up so we can get a headcount for food and beverage and, and room size and stuff. But, uh, it'll be Sunday, you know, the Sunday right before EMC world two to 6 PM, uh, free, um, come to any or all parts of it if you want, or just hang out with us afterwards and have a beer or something. That sounds fantastic. What's, what's not to like about that? That's, that sounds excellent. I'll add all these, uh, any sort of links or any, anything with reference in this, I'll add to the show notes at the end. So, uh, take, take Great. a look there for all of, all of that. It's, it's, it's fun. It's <laughs> a, it's a, it's a fun new space to be in and it's a lot of, 
it's a lot of days where you wake up and go, hmm, what are we going to work on next? And we've just, we've just, it's, it's really interesting when you take the approach of like the number one thing we want to do is go fast, right? As opposed to getting it perfect. It's like, just keep cranking on stuff incrementally kind of work on it. And, um, we don't get everything right um, by no means. I mean, nobody does. Um, but we're trying to, we're trying to get ourselves into the mindset that, um, you know, that these, these modern applications and shops have. And, um, it's been, it's been a really interesting learning experience. Sometimes it's frustrating cause it's different. Um, but, uh, yeah, when, when, when fast is sort of your biggest motivation, you, you definitely start thinking differently and some interesting things happen. Exactly. I mean, it's such an interesting time in our industry at the moment. I mean, open source, I mean, obviously back in the day with Linux and everything is, you know, there was a mm-hmm. bit of a bit of an impact with that there. But since then, there hasn't really been too much, uh, you know, especially at an enterprise level and with the likes of OpenStack and similar coming along. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's almost a bit of a paradigm shift happening again at the moment. And uh, it's definitely an interesting time to be involved with that. So uh, to be at the sort of uh, cutting edge, such as yourself and the team there must be uh, must be quite, uh, quite exciting. Yeah, it's fun. And, and like I said, we, you know, we want people to, to help with us, you know, contribute with us, learn with us. And, um, you know, what can we what can we help you learn and stuff? So we're trying to be as, as transparent and open as possible because, like you said, I think I think more than anything, we're at a, we're at a new beginning for a huge transformation that's coming. And I think the only way that that any of us are going to kind of get through it is to do it with with broader communities and learn from them and can give back and um so that's that's kind of the mindset. So it's it's fun and scary and challenging at the same time. It's cool. <laughs> What's not to like? Brilliant, Brian. So, uh, you know, people listening to this, if they want to find out more, obviously there's the emccode.github.io. Um, any, anywhere else that they could go and, uh, you know, give your own blog and so, so, uh, podcast so a plug that's, here? <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably the best place on the web. So, yeah, emccode.github.io um, or at EMC code on Twitter. Um, you can pretty much find everything we're doing. Uh, for myself, it's at B Gracely. And, um, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier on the, the, the cloudcast, if you go to um, the cloudcast.net uh, is where we, uh, me and Aaron kind of dig a little bit deeper into uh, a lot of these technology areas. And luckily it's sort of blended intersected with, with what we're doing in code. So, um, you know, if have a listen, if you're interested. Fantastic stuff. And like, like I said, I definitely recommend uh, following Brian on Twitter and also subscribe via iTunes or, or any other means to the Cloudcast podcast and really good content there. And like Brian says, goes goes a lot deeper. So if you're uh, of the technical persuasion, which most people would be listening to this, definitely check it out and subscribe. But uh, Brian, thanks for your time today. Really interesting. Good luck with the EMC Code project. Uh, some really exciting stuff, actually. I'm going to jump onto the uh, GitHub uh, link a little bit later today and just check out and see what's there at the moment. But uh, all the best. And it's, it's great to see some good community involvement there from EMC. Thank you, man. It's, it's good to be back on the show. Glad. Thanks for having us and uh, look forward to, to talking to lots of your listeners sometime. Fantastic. We'll have to get back on our game real soon. Great. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Brian. 